trapped in a manipulative, controlling and abusive marriage, yet on paper, one of the strongest women in her profession. This woman shares her story of the courage and strength it took to leave a toxic relationship and thrive again. Hear the advice Ruth gives, not just from a personal perspective, but as an expert who now specialises in supporting those dealing with difficult people wherever they show up in their lives to effectively and safely handle those people and achieve empowerment and freedom from bullying and abuse. Join me as I talk to Ruth Driscoll. Welcome to the Empower podcast for mums in business. We are women building a business we love while making a home for the ones we love more than anything. I'm your host, Nicola Hewlin. Join me as I talk to seemingly ordinary women just like me and you as they share their extraordinary stories and inspirational advice to bounce back even stronger from challenging times and thrive in business, motherhood and life. So I'm delighted to welcome to today's episode, Ruth Driscoll. Hi, Ruth. Hello. How are you doing, Nicola? I'm good. Thank you so much for being part of today. Um, I cannot wait. I know you've done (laughs) TEDx talks. I've heard you talk. You're an incredible speaker. You have an incredible story. So I'm just going to hand straight over to you. Please share your bounce back story with our audience. Thank you very much, Nicola. Well, yes, um, so with my story, um, if I start with a question, you know, um, have you ever found yourself in that situation where you feel that you're not the one who is actually controlling your life? Indeed, you may be in that position where it's one particular person who feels like they're the one that are controlling everything that's happening inside your life. And that's kind of the way that um, my story begins. And yet, strangely, at the time, um, I was the head teacher of a challenging inner city primary school. This is a school where on the streets outside there were drugs, there were gangs, um, there were, you know, dog fights, illegal dog fights. Not a very pleasant environment um, or secure environment in which to be bringing up a family. And I had to be very conscious of that um, as head teacher. I had to be very conscious of the fact that I was dealing with a community in which there were going to be some very challenging and very difficult people. And yet at home, I was um, in a manipulative, abusive, controlling relationship with my partner. Now, isn't it weird how we get these dichotomies in life? It's, um, you know, you, you, you look at people and you make assumptions about who they are and what their life might be like. But often there are things that we just don't know about. Now, if you've never been in um, an abusive relationship, and I hope to goodness <laughs> that none of you have, but if I can just use a little metaphor to describe how that feels. Um, so let me ask you this. Have you, if you, you know, do you like giving gifts to people? 
that's always a lovely thing, isn't it? When you're, you're giving a gift to somebody because you've thought about, um, you know, what's going to make them happy, what's going to give them pleasure. And if you think about it, when you start a, a new personal relationship, it's, it's like you're offering that person a gift. So if you imagine there's a gift box and into that gift box, you are putting all of the things that are the essence of you. You're putting in your, your generosity, your love, your kindness, your sexiness, all of those things for which you should be valued and treasured. And you're giving them to that person with the anticipation that they will value that gift. But with a manipulative, abusive, controlling relationship, what happens is that they take that box from you and gradually, over time, they crush it and hurl it aside as if it's something worthless. Now, the effect that that has on you is to completely erode your self-esteem. And that was the position that I found myself in, whilst at the same time, managing and leading this very challenging environment. I did at last find the courage uh, from somewhere to be able to get rid of him, to throw him out. Um, but it came at a price and that price was my health. And I started showing the symptoms of um, a chronic stress-related condition. As a result of that, I um, needed to resign from my position as head teacher because that in itself was a very stressful um, environment. Although it was very rewarding, it was also very stressful. And so I had to start bouncing back. I had to make decisions about where my life was going to be heading next. But first I needed to recover. And as part of my journey of recovery, I had three important questions that I needed to find the answers to. The first was, what was it about him that made him so randomly and pointlessly cruel? Secondly, what was it about me that meant that I accepted these negative messages about myself? Why was I vulnerable, basically? And thirdly, how could I ensure that this never happened to me again? And it was as I was on this journey that, and also at the same time, working out how I was going to make my living in the future. Um, and uh, people would say to me, well, you know, you should, you should start a business um, teaching people how to overcome relationships of that kind. And I was so resistant to that. I said, no way, I'm not going back there. I'm, I'm ashamed that that happened to me. I don't want to be revisiting that. But you know, sometimes when, when somebody drops a little seed of an idea and that seed starts to germinate and starts to grow. Definitely. And yeah, and, and that was when I realized, actually, do you know what? They're absolutely right. Because with my professional experience, Combined with my personal experience, it meant that I was in the perfect place to be able to support others through that journey that I had been on, and to be able to come out of it the other side and be you again. And that's really where my business, The Life Liberator, started, because it's about liberating lives that are being controlled by these difficult 
bullying people in your life. Wow, incredible story. And one that touches me on a very personal level. I hope that a lot of our listeners will not have experienced that too. But I I remember seeing um, a really interesting statistic that... I think it's a, a well-known statistic that, that one in four women will experience physical abuse at mm-hmm. some point in their lives. But there's less known about the emotional abuse statistics because we don't end up in A&E and it's less visible and it's less tangible and it's, it's a bit more coercive and subtle. And um, I remember reading an article saying they think that one in two... I say women, people, because it's not gender specific, but one in two people will experience an emotionally abusive stroke, narcissistic type relationship in their life. One in two. Um, Yeah, that doesn't surprise me, Nicola. It's incredible. And, you know, your story does touch me personally because um, my my marriage ended in 2010. and my ex-husband is a, a good guy, good father. Um, but after that divorce, I, I experienced being a victim. And that is the word of an emotionally abusive relationship. And unless you've been in it, it's very hard to describe. And I loved your gift box metaphor. It really did res- resonate um, that way of describing it. And it's very difficult to describe to somebody who's not been in a relationship like that, the impact yeah. that it has from the inside. Absolutely. Yes. You forget, you, you, you lose who you are you do. as a person. Mm. And, you know, that that can be so bewildering. And the problem that you have is that when you're in that kind of relationship, uh, you're, because you're so eroded in terms of your confidence, your, your judgment making, your decision making, everything has been eroded. And so as a result of that, you're, you're in the worst place to be able to make decisions for yourself and to, to do something about it. Mm. And that's why, you know, when, when people who look in from the inside and they say, well, why don't they just leave? Yeah. You know, what, what's the problem? And that's really because they have absolutely no idea of how this has impacted on you as a person. There's, a, there's another little metaphor here that um, I, I, it's, it's a great little story. I heard it from, um, from someone else's powerful story. And it's about um, how when, when um, uh, with baby elephants, they, they put a shackle around their leg. So the baby elephant, um, when he tries to, to struggle to, to get away, he realizes that, that he can't. Um, and so then as the baby elephant grows, um, he has this, this you know, mental image that I can't, I can't get away. I've got a shackle on my leg. And by the time the, the elephant has grown, they don't put the shackles on the legs because the elephant doesn't try to escape. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, that's a great metaphor for how we can be impacted and prevented from moving by the conditioning of our lives up to this point. Absolutely. And so that's why challenging that conditioning is such an important thing. Things that are, you know, kicking your head and thinking, this isn't right. Really listen to that, that message because that's your gut instinct telling you something is wrong here. And, and even that can be eroded over time. You know, the whole 
um, gaslighting effect where, Absolutely. Um, you know, go Google it. Uh, if ladies, it's, it's this, um, term that is given to this really coercive manipulative thing where your whole sense of reality is undermined and situations yes. flipped as if we end up believing things are our fault well it's my you know, I, I, I call it, i cause yeah. this yes absolutely i call it contortion mm. and um with with my abusive partner it was only when you know because i used to think to myself how could he interpret what i was saying or what i was doing in that way when what i meant was the complete opposite of that um and and then it got to the point where i thought hang on a minute you know you're accusing me of these things but it's you, you're the one who's, who's doing or saying these things. Mm. And it was only when I realized that practically everything that came out of his mouth was either manipulated, twisted, or exaggerated in some way that I thought, no, it's not me going mad. Because that's what happens. It's like the crazy making. Yeah. You think you're going mad. Yeah. You don't trust your own judgment. And I don't, yes, know, I don't know about you, but I found starting to keep a journal really helped me. I started to write things down so that I could have something to go back to um, and remember just to not lose that sense of what's really happening here, what was really said and this source of fact. It's, it's just such an incredibly powerful story that you have and also wonderful in your story that you got out and and I use the word escape when I talk about you know getting out of that relationship because just as you touched on it's easy to go well you know why don't they just leave but actually to 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 escape to leave it's going to get a whole lot worse before it get, can get any better and that is terrifying thought to face when you're already in a very undermined and and fragile state Yes, it's always complex um, and, uh, you know, it, and it is important to know that um, the tactics that they've been using on you are likely to escalate once you've gone. Mm. But it's important to understand why that is so. Um, and that makes it less terrifying. You see, the reality is when you start looking at the tactics that they use, the thing is with anyone who needs to behave in this way, the fact is that their emotional intelligence is not very high. They're, they're a self-focused person as a, as a general rule. And so therefore, their, their ways of handling situations are very, very limited. So when they've lost the control of you in the sense that you have removed yourself from the situation or removed them from your situation, the only thing they've got to do is to escalate on what they were doing before. But of course, now it's not working. And that's important that you know that, that you stop it from working, that you, you recognize what they're doing and you say, uh-uh, not going to happen. I'm standing my ground on my turf. I'm not being pulled back into your fighting arena here. Mm. So understanding that um, things will get or will seem to be getting worse. It's just because they've got no other means of changing the situation. So, and what, yeah. and what, and what do you think was key 
for helping you in in coming out the other side you know if there are if there are people listening in the order we're, we're being very specific here about being stuck in in these controlling narcissistic abusive relationships it could be some other kind of you know relationship or situation that that feels relevant what would you say helped you the most um well i i did go on a a, a big journey of self-discovery um because i needed to know what it was about me why were my you know i didn't have healthy boundaries in place to protect myself from these messages and i had to understand why so it was going back and looking at um, my own conditioning um so i understood why i was vulnerable um you know i i mean i went on you know quite a massive journey of personal development and um knowledge building um, around this whole scenario. Um, there wasn't anyone at that time who was offering the, the service that, that I offer, because I can now quite quickly turn people's perspective around and pop that bubble of power that that abusive person has over them. And that's, you know, it, often we think of it as being in personal relationships, but I also work with people who have that manipulative, controlling person in other areas of their life. Like, for so example, true, like the workplace. Yeah. The workplace. Yeah. A family member, you know, and you think with um, the power a mother has over mm. you, that that conditioning that has been right through from, um, from when you were a tiny child um, and, had no means to be able to address that so you know uh, i can i can turn those things around and, and put them at a, a much healthier level and put you back it feeling in control of um of your own life so yes being aware of those people who drain your time drain your energy with their own agenda and how do you deal with them? How do you, um, you know, turn this around so that you're still you? Because what you don't want to be doing is acting like you're somebody else. You know, you don't want to become a controller yourself. You don't want to um, act aggressively. You don't want to be feeling like you're hurting people's feelings. So it's knowing all of those things that you can do to be able to um, communicate in what I call with elegant assertiveness. So it's, it's assertive um, communication skills, but they're elegant because they're not about you winning. It's, it's about, you know, how you create a situation where you can act with respect and with dignity, no matter who that difficult person is in your life. Love that. Because we don't want it to change us as a person, do we? But we certainly need something different to change in order to change the situation. Yes. And... You know, I wish I'd known you <laughs> all those years ago, um, but I hadn't met you yet at, at that stage and, and certainly support. I probably hadn't met me either. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> certainly support, make the right support makes all the difference. Yeah. It, it certainly did for me. And I was very lucky in that um, very, very close to my parents, uh, my mother. Um, nobody w- would have been able to drive a wedge um, between our, in that relationship. So um, my mother was very much there. And um, 
a lot of the uh, resources that are there, so Women's Aid was, was one in particular. Yeah. And so in the show notes, um, we're definitely, if anybody um, has, um, if this is resonating with anybody who's listening or they believe they are in that type of relationship or they know they are or have, are going through the processes of, of making those changes leaving um, or has recently come out will put all of your details and links to all of helpful resources in the show notes so that people can yes. can check that out yeah uh, that would be that would be brilliant um, and you know you made a very very important point there Nicola which is that you need you need that support around you where you can get it um, I know when when I came out of my abusive relationship and friends that you know I hadn't had much contact with because isolating you is is another way one of the, the tactics that they use to control you. Mm. But you know, any when uh, as I came out, I felt that wall of warmth from friends who um, and and the other key thing there, which was again from a friend. You know, when you have those light bulb moments, um, because and this is such a key thing to starting a journey to overcome an abusive relationship um one friend said to me ruth how could you let that happen to you now when i stopped and thought about the way she had worded that it's not how could this happen it was how could you let yeah. this happen to yeah. you and that was such a key message for me that made me think you know what she's right it's you know I wasn't doing what was necessary to protect myself here. And it's knowing that, so the key thing here is when you take responsibility that you let this happen to you, even though that sounded, but, but you know, the awful way I got treated and, you know, it, it, the key thing is that if you say, I let this happen to me, even though it was a completely unconscious thing that you did, I let this happen to me. What you're doing here, Nicola, is you are putting yourself in the power place. Mm. And what that does, it removes you from the victim. The space. victim mode. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Because as a victim, you're helpless. That, you know, that, that word indicates you're helpless. But when you say, I'm responsible, I take responsibility. That's not blame. I'm not taking blame. But I'm taking responsibility. There was something I did that allowed this to happen to me. Now I'm in the power place that I can make a change. I can do something about this. Such an important point. Oh, yeah, I, I remember I remember being in a in a Facebook group, um, a women's women in business uh, group, and this topic of discussion came up. One of the ladies spoke about being in an emotionally abusive relationship and she said and i am a strong resilient woman we look at you look at the look at the role you had head teacher in that yeah. environment that you, you know you're strong yeah. you're smart you're resilient yeah. so am i yeah. i am strong and smart and resilient um, and there's an element, and, and in this Facebook group, uh, the, the lady was saying, you know, I'm strong, I'm resilient. How could, this, how could this happen to me? And one by one, women started to say, it happened to me too. Like mm, a mini, um, yeah. this was before the Me Too movement. Me too, me too. Yeah. Oh, it's happened to me, same thing to me. And all of these women were strong, 
smart, resourceful women. And I asked myself the same question. It was like, there was, there was this light bulb moment of, well, how, how could, how could something like this happen to me? But then it's how, how did I allow it? And hindsight's a wonderful thing. And and when you reflect back on you and, and I think part of the dynamic is when we're really empathetic, when we really want to see the good in people and when we're strong and resilient and we believe we're, we're here to help and to serve and to help others at, at whatever cost part of our qualities can end up being part of what anchors us into a situation where really we should be walking away a lot, lot sooner. We're like, you know, I can fix this. I can help the other person. I want to believe them. I want to believe this will never happen again. And, and, uh, and, and we do call ourselves into question. Oh, maybe they're right. You know, maybe it was my fault. Maybe it was me. And it takes so long to kind of get to that point where we go, hang on a minute. There's, there's something not right here. Yeah, um, you're absolutely right, and um, and it is, you know, they we're going back to the 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 gift box really because it is your very qualities um, that can be the the issue here in terms of you sabotaging yourself. So uh, I've I've got a little exercise which um, your um, your listeners could do right now if you oh, have yeah, time. Oh yeah, that sounds to, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell tell us what it is. Okay. Okay, so you'll need a you know, piece of paper and a pencil and then write down the short sentences that um, express who you are. So, for example, you might write, I am kind, I am generous, I am supportive, I am forgiving, even possibly I am strong. So you write those sentences and when you look at those sentences, you think, wow, you know, modesty aside, I'm actually quite a lovely person um, and, you know, deserving of being valued for that. But now I want you to go back to those sentences and this time add in one extra word. The word is to, T-O-O. So now your sentence reads... I am too kind. I am too thoughtful. I am too generous. I am too supportive. I am too strong. Now look at the difference. What is that sentence now saying? Because it's within that that your self-sabotage is happening. So you still need to maintain your qualities but you've got to do it in a way that doesn't add that what I call two syndrome. You have to know where being kind and being too kind stops. Being supportive, but being too supportive stops. Because anyone who needs to manipulate, bully, control you in some way, shape or form knows that you have two syndrome that they can be as awful as they like, and you will still forgive, you will still be generous, you will still be kind, because that's who you are. And that's how it's your very qualities that you've got to guard and value yourself. Know the value that you have around those qualities, that you're not allowing somebody to take advantage. 
because that's what happens. What an incredibly powerful exercise. And as you were guiding us through that exercise, I became really emotional. That made me really Mm -hmm. emotional because that's the exact dynamic. And um, it's, it's often when, when we naturally have those qualities of love and support, being supportive and caring and strong and all those things, it's very hard to imagine that we can have too much of those things and it can flip into a shadow side. What yes. an incredibly powerful exercise. Thank you so much for sharing that with me. That made me really, really, really emotional to, to do that. <laughs> I, I always feel guarded, you know, when somebody says, oh, you know, you should love unconditionally. No, the only person you should love unconditionally is you. Mm. <laughs> and, and make sure you're protecting yourself around those who would seek to take advantage of you for your qualities. Yeah. And um, it's interesting what you've just said there. And I think because obviously a lot of our audience are mothers. This is Empower, it's all about mums in business. And I think there is a certain dynamic as well that occurs when we become mothers because we learn that all of a sudden there is this other small human being who we love unconditionally more than ourselves. Um, and that I don't, I don't know about you, but this was my experience of it, that there was this kind of neurological change that I suddenly learned actually that 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 I love others above and beyond and and I will gladly put myself last and um and yes and I think that a mother's love is a certain is a way different. of seeing the world yeah. and that can ripple into yeah. the way that we we see relationships in general that's that's the way I and often it. it's you know it's when you know your children are watching you um, being subjected to um, disrespectful and unkind behavior by your partner. That often will be the trigger that will help a woman to say, no, enough's enough. I have to do something about this. Yeah. And, and it is because, you know, the last thing you want is your children being exposed to that message. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ruth. Oh, I could sit and talk to you for hours. I'm conscious that we're coming towards the end of our interview. Um, You've already shared so much. I wonder if I might ask you for one more thing before we wrap up, which is I really like to ask each of our guests to leave our audience with, with a bounce back invitation. And that could be either a question that you'd like to invite our audience to reflect on um, alongside the exercise you've already given them, of course, or a challenge as part of their bounce back um, situation. So what would be your bounce back invitation? Well, um, I think that um, what would be really important would be for um, your listeners to think, how am I in my power place? Um, You know, what is it that I'm doing that's ensuring that I am taking responsibility for the things that happen to me, rather than looking to see where somebody else you, you know, in your opinion, somebody else may be at fault or um, something is beyond your control. Because taking responsibility, putting yourself in that power place, puts you in 
solution-focused mindset. And no, that's the resilience factor that you have then. When you're in solution-focused mindset, then you have the power to be able to change things so that the, uh, you know, life works at a much smoother level for you. So always put yourself saying, how am I responsible for what's happened here? Even though you might feel like, I, I didn't have anything to do with that. That's the solution-focused um, power place that you can put yourself in. I take Brilliant. responsibility. What can I do to make this better? Brilliant. Thank you so much, Ruth. And um, I'll just touch on it again for anybody in the audience where any of what we've discussed today has resonated or touched you in some way and you want to find out more, we, in the show notes, you'll find links to the support work and the resources that come from Ruth and we'll I'll, I'll pop in some of the charity links that were useful uh, to me in the past. Do check those out. And again, thank you, Ruth, for your time today. Your time. Thank you for inviting me, Nicola. And just remains for me to say on behalf of myself and Ruth, goodbye for now. And we'll see you in the next episode. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Empower podcast for mums in business. And thanks goes to our podcast series sponsors, Bounce Life, insurance to protect you, your business and your family. To get your free startup and business growth kickstart guide and to find out about our Empower community, go to empower.global.